This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Wednesday, January 6, 2016. I'm Caleb Brown. We now know the Transportation Security Administration plans to reject licenses from several states for the purposes of air travel, and opting out of a naked body scan at the airport will soon be more difficult. Jim Harper, senior fellow at the Cato Institute, discusses some of the law and politics of the TSA's gifts to holiday travelers. Two odd pieces of news came out uh, over the Christmas holiday, and I wonder why the agency uh, either decided to have this information come out or uh, I understand why a news agency would want to want to put it out around that time. But uh, a new screening under screening for airline passengers, TSA will now apparently require that some people go through a full body scanner even if they opt out, some people. And then the TSA may be rejecting driver's licenses as acceptable forms of ID for travel in some time in the future and the, because they're not in compliance with real ID. Thematically, these two news stories tie together as an agency that does pretty much whatever it wants uh, despite what the law says. The first item you mentioned is that TSA awarded itself the authority to require people to go through the strip search machines mandatorily. Up to this point, it's been an option you can refuse. And people like me do refuse it. I've never been through one of those machines. But they announced right ahead of the Christmas holiday that uh, they now have the power to make it mandatory. Are they doing that yet? We haven't seen it. Uh, Has it come to the point where they've refused someone travel because they won't go through that machine? We haven't seen it. But it's interesting because the TSA is currently under a court order to finalize the regulation by which it made those machines uh, primary screening devices in the first place. In July 2011, the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals required the agency to finally do a notice and comment rulemaking, that is, take comments from the public and do an orthodox uh, rulemaking, like all administrative agencies are supposed to do for this kind of rule. Well, uh, that was under a lawsuit. There were additional motions made to require the TSA to move forward. They didn't, and so recently a lawsuit uh, filed by the Competitive Enterprise Institute uh, cornered the DHS into saying that they would finalize the regulation in March of 2016. Meanwhile, they've changed the rules while they're yet to finalize the regulation. It's kind of amazing to watch an agency that has failed, according to the second highest court in the land, D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals, to follow basic administrative law to go ahead and under that uh, under that oversight change around the rules at the air, at the airport uh, on all of us uh, we'll see if the uh, if the court of appeals is ready to really back down the agency or if it will grant the traditional discretion given to security agencies we're hopeful that with good briefing in a, in a case to challenge that rule the court will recognize that this is not much different than health and safety regulations that it deals with regularly. It needs to pass cost-benefit muster. It needs to be a security regulation that provides more security than it costs in dollars, travelers' time, and privacy. Meanwhile, the DHS is threatening to turn people away at airports if they don't live in states that are obeying the strictures of the Real ID Act. Real ID is the May 2005 passed legislation that created a national ID system in the United States attempting to convert 
driver's license bureaus across the country into administrative offices of the DHS's national ID program. Shortly after the passage of the law, states across the country rejected it, passing legislation that barred them from complying and inviting their congressional delegation to uh, reopen the issue in Congress. Now more than 10 years after passage of the, of the act and seven years after the statutory deadline for Real ID compliance, DHS is uh, rattling its saber quite a bit at states to try to get them to comply. And toward the end of the year 2015, uh, a widespread rumor was that January 1, 2016, they were going to start turning people away. That's one hand of the DHS uh, being a little too aggressive, and now other parts of the DHS have had to come out and say that, no, it's, uh, there's going to be a more methodical process, and we're going to give states 120 days' notice before we start turning people away at airports. The interesting point I think people need to know is that if the DHS does that, if uniformed TSA agents start turning people away at airports, it's going to be the TSA that catches hell. It's going to be the Department of Homeland Security that catches hell, and it's going to be the U.S. Congress, not departments of motor vehicles, not state legislators, and not state governors. So the politics actually put the state legislator, the state governor, and the state motor vehicle bureau in the driver's seat here. They don't have to do what the federal government says. But the DHS is working very hard to break the back and break the will of states so they can take driver licensing policy away from the state government and make it another nationalized policy. On the nudie scanners that are in airports throughout the United States, I never thought that that policy was going to be maintained where you get to opt out. It's always a very clunky process. Uh, you have to wait around a lot. Uh, your bags are not with you at all times. They're sometimes just sitting somewhere else. Uh, and it, it's always it always struck me as a, a, an arrangement that was not going to last. It's sort of an immediate manifestation of the old saw that bureaucrats run everything. Yes, as a technical policy matter in the early going with these machines, you were allowed to opt out, but they made it difficult. They're making it difficult. It does take longer each time I travel, it seems like, to, to get the pat down. I routinely lecture TSA agents and their bosses at the airport, which is um, not pleasant, and someone's going to try to turn me away because of my um, insistence on my rights at some point. But yeah, the, this is an agency that's working to consolidate its authority, to channel the American traveler uh, more, more deeply into its processes. With the ultimate end goal, though not an articulate one in anyone's mind, of having travel in the United States be a privilege that's government granted rather than a right that, that we have by virtue of being American citizens. The 911 attacks, nobody designed the attacks or the immediate response to create this circumstance, but it's the natural process in bureaucratic agencies to grow their power, grow their authority. And that means to limit our ability to travel, to limit our right to travel in the name of security. So if you're going to travel, you're going to present ID. You're going to present ID from a state that's a participant in a national ID program so that you can be better tracked for your security. And when you go through that, having shown your ID, you're going to go through a machine that takes the equivalent of a picture of your naked body under your clothes and doesn't actually show it to the, to the public, but who knows what happens with that picture of you uh, in, the, in the data. 
Uh, this is this is your right to travel being eroded systematically by the politics and the administration of national security. Jim Harper is a senior fellow at the Cato Institute. Subscribe to this and other Cato podcasts on iTunes, Google Play, Cato's iOS app, and of course, follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast.